Happy Friday! I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is Important Not Important, science for people who give a shit. The newsletter features the most important science news, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit subscribe right now to get this newsletter every Friday, plus my conversations with the world's smartest people on most Mondays. You can find the email version and links to everything at our spiffy new website at importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. The link, of course, is also in your show notes. A quick PSA. INI is 100% independent and mostly reader-supported. This newsletter is free to all, but to pay it forward and support our work, get weekly deep-dive essays from me and guests, an invitation to our community in the delightful comment section, please consider becoming a paid member. Visit our fancy new website, again, at importantnotimportant.com slash membership to become a member today. It's July 29th, 2022, and next week, I'm on vacation. In climate change news, early Wednesday evening and conspicuously just a couple hours after the Senate passed the bipartisan CHIPS bill, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell swore he wouldn't pass unless reconciliation was dead, reconciliation was magically born again. Beaming proud parents slash senators Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin revealed, to the holy shit surprise of nearly every one of their colleagues, a nearly fully fleshed out bill with a timely new name, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. With Majority Leader Schumer rushing to vote on the bill as early as next week, here's what's in it for now. 369 billion real dollars in new climate spending, including about 30 billion in tax credits for building clean energy products, 60 billion dollars to ramp up US-based manufacturing of clean stuff from batteries to heat pumps, means-tested EV credits for affordable new and used cars and trucks with batteries that kind of have to be made in America, but the rebates are applied at the point of sale. $5 billion for forest conservation and restoration, $4 billion in rebates for home heat pumps, heat pump water heaters, smart panels, insulation, and induction stoves, $3 billion for neighborhoods to fix up bike lanes, trails, and sidewalks. Who doesn't love sidewalks? $3 billion more for the USPS to stop being dumb and buy more electric trucks, subsidies for carbon capture and hydrogen, permanent funding for the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund, and an escalating fee on methane emitters, which I 100% did not see coming. There's no money for bikes, and there's no carbon tax, but also Medicare can negotiate for drug prices finally, and Big Pharma is fucking pissed. Look, democracy is broken. These wins are the product of secret negotiations with one actual coal baron minus 50 GOP senators who refuse to do anything. So if doctors Leah Stokes and Jesse Jenkins say, quote, the bill will luckily cut emissions about 40% by 2030 over the U.S.'s peak climate pollution levels in 2005, I'm in. Here's what we can do. One, give massive thanks to everyone who never, ever gave up working on this, and then join our friends at the Climate Changemakers to call and demand your representatives support the Inflation Reduction Act. This is it. In COVID news, Meta, or Facebook for the old school folks, is considering relaxing their COVID misinformation policies and asked their recently topped-up oversight board for a second opinion. Platformer columnist Casey Newton wrote, For all the criticism Meta has received over its enforcement of health misinformation, by some measures the steps it took clearly had a positive impact on the platform. 
The company estimates it has taken down more than 25 million posts under its stricter policies, which now require the removal of 80 separate false claims about the disease and its vaccines. Here's how to understand it. You may have noticed, but COVID isn't over yet. Sure, we've developed a spectrum of wide-ranging immunity, and we're rushing to make and buy next-generation bivalent and maybe even nasal vaccines. But school's back in a few weeks. Only 40% of kids aged 5 to 11 have shots, and 43% of parents definitely won't vaccinate their kids under age 5. Just a third of folks eligible for a booster in the U.S. have gotten one. Hospitalizations are up 20% in the last two weeks. Ebusheld has taken up more space on the shelf than my vegan protein powder. Long COVID is basically an unknown known or a known unknown. Either way, we don't know shit yet. And three to 400 people are still dying at home every single day. Not dying at home, but dying in America. You get the point. There's pros and cons. Look, I'm not a lawyer or a doctor or about seven other things, but however much free speech matters, and it does quite a bit, to recommend a platform with almost 2 billion interconnected members make it easier to share information that could quickly and widely harm people feels like maybe not the right call yet. Here's what we can do. White House alum and crooked media star Dan Pfeiffer wrote a whole post last month about why we need to be on Facebook fighting back in the disinformation wars, and I'm still wrestling with that idea. I'd love to hear what you think. Please read the post. Uh, you can find it in your show notes. You can uh, send us an email at questions at importantnotimportant.com, or you can hit us in the community. In food and water news, a team of crop physiologists at the Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences were curious whether any number of a couple hundred rice and maize regulatory genes might improve yields, possibly supplying more food from less land in a moment when land use and fertilizers are under global scrutiny. Great news! They gave one variety of rice an additional copy of one of its own genes and boosted in-real-life yield by up to 40%. How? Well, in science, the group describes how the change helps the plant absorb more fertilizer, boosts photosynthesis, and accelerates flowering. Here's how to understand it. With climate-induced droughts and floods, war in Europe, still elevated fertilizer, fuel, and wheat prices, and subsistence farmers in low-income countries suffering from all of the above— more countries are trying to feed their people from domestic sources, especially East and South Asia, where 80% of the world's rice is consumed. Here's the rub from a 2020 Pew Research survey. A 20 public median of 48% say genetically modified or GM foods are unsafe to eat, while a much smaller median of 13% say GM foods are safe. The survey included an option for people with limited familiarity about GM foods to indicate this, a median of 37% say they don't know enough to offer a view about the safety of GM foods. Feeding the world in the climate change era will require more creativity, so improved photosynthesis, transparency, peer review, efficiency, and of course, more empathy. Not all GMOs are good or bad, and big ag generally doesn't give a shit about you. But finding ways to regulate for and differentiate among these developments will be instrumental in adopting more predictable harvests and avoiding famine wherever we can. Here's what we can do. Check out Grist's fantastic Panic-Free GMO series to get up to speed. In health and bio news, we've talked a lot about the world's long, fruitless pursuit of Alzheimer's early testing and treatments. While tens of millions of people have suffered and died, Billions of dollars have been spent on research that never seems to find a way forward. Last week, an article in Science revealed, 
by way of a six-month investigation that the original papers published in Nature in 2006 and supporting the amyloid hypothesis, i.e. brain plaque causes the diseases, are potentially shockingly blatant examples of image tampering or an elaborate mirage. What I'm trying to say is that all these years of research, the National Institutes of Health spent $1.6 billion on amyloids projects in the last year alone, may have been based on conclusions that never actually held up in the first place. A house of cards intentionally stacked with doctored images cited quote-unquote thousands of times and thus with the potential to mislead an entire field of research. Look, science, as I remind everyone almost every week, is a process, wherein the entire point of the process is to try and prove yourself wrong. But in the last two years, science communications have come under great scrutiny, as breathless preprint papers are still posted willy-nilly on Twitter, immediately subject to review not by peers, but morons like me, but also a public desperate for information, guidance, or clicks, much less comfort. At the same time, fields like psychology, among others, have come under a, perhaps necessary, replication crisis. We have to fund more basic research, but also be more skeptical if we're going to tackle the hardest problems of our time. As neuroscientist and whistleblower Mather Schreg said, you can cheat to get a paper. You can cheat to get a degree. You can cheat to get a grant. You can't cheat to cure a disease. Biology doesn't care. Here's what we can do. If someone you love is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's, there are 300-plus trials currently recruiting participants in a variety of areas of study. Check them out in our show notes to find out more. In computer news, DeepMind's AlphaFold AI tool has spent two years answering decades' worth of questions around biological proteins, and this week updated their database after having, and I mean, I guess this is helpful, quote, predicted the structure of nearly all proteins known to science, end quote, and then made it available to anyone for free. Here's how to understand it. Friend of the pod and systems biologist Mohamed Al-Khorashi told the MIT Tech Review in a hilarious understatement that, quote, Predicting the structures of proteins is very time-consuming, and having a tool with 200 million readily available protein structures will save researchers a lot of time. End quote. Meanwhile, Zhang Pen, a computational biology professor, said AlphaFold could also help scientists to reassess previous research to better understand how diseases happen. End quote. And if you read the section above about two decades of billions of dollars wasted on fabricated Alzheimer's research results, You'll understand why I think this matters and immediately, in a moment when we're racing to apply new methods like CRISPR and mRNA vaccines to old diseases like sickle cell and malaria, new tools that unlock more efficient innovations in biological programming, and eventually new drug discovery, can partner with no-brainer safety nets like universal healthcare to help build a healthier, more equitable world. Here's what we can do. In the meantime, Donate a few bucks for treated bed nets is basically $2 a net to the Against Malaria Foundation, consistently one of GiveWell's top-rated picks and arguably the most effective foundation on the planet. Here's 10 things from my notebook. Number one, Joe Biden's got a new heat advisory website, and it's pretty great. Number two, hacking goes both ways, evangelical group who supported abortion ban discovers. Number three, more evidence vitamin D does not do a whole lot if the bottle even includes what it says it includes. Number four, why hasn't the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act passed? Number five, GM says they've accumulated enough infinity stones to make five million electric vehicles. 
number seven, or number six, who knows? Say goodbye to plug-in cars. Their time is over. Number seven, how anti-aging creams hook you for life. Number eight, how Lyme disease became so prevalent. Number nine, fund managers are on the clock to fix their CO2 math. And number 10, holy shit, there are these AI-generated slash classic artist-inspired data visualizations that are so cool. You got to check them out. That's the news for this week. Hit subscribe to get next week's news and tips straight to your feed. To go deeper, visit importantnotimportant.com slash newsletter. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.